Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. So, Nicole, I just want you to know that I am so excited that you are a part of this podcast right now. We have been trying to do this for the longest time. We have. Yes. You have to tell your story. You just told me offline because of all the times you said that you got a chemical peel. (laughs) Tell the story. This is hilarious. Right. Well, you know, my one thing that I was just you know how like during COVID, you're just thinking, oh, what's the first thing you're going to do when you, you know, when you, when this is all over. And I just really desperately need a facial. So the day that I went to get my nails and my feet and the waxing and the whole nine yards, <laughs> you know, I was talking to the young lady and I said, you know, I, I desperately need a facial. I'm like, when, when do you have time? And she had a trainee with her that was with her and um of course i'm just there in all my glory and <laughs> she said oh my god this would be perfect do you have time today i'm like oh yes yes so i get my facial and i get the peel and in the middle of the peel i started cracking up laughing she's like what's the matter i'm like oh my god now this is wednesday mind you i said oh my gosh I have a Zoom interview on a podcast, a good friend of mine, on Friday. And we all three just (laughs) fell out laughing. I'm like, oh, great. In all my glory, I am going to be on the Zoom call. Finally, we get this, you know, together. And I'm on camera peeling. So (laughs) if I look crazy and look like, you know, what is going on with this woman's face? That's what it is. I'm, I'm exfoliating mode from my chemical peel. So well, the lighting must be good because I didn't even notice at all. Oh, God bless and, you. But I was like, Nicole has to tell this story because <laughs> this is going to be so many of us as we're coming out of quarantine. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My but gosh. at least my nails are done. <laughs> oh, you look good. I, I cannot wait for my first manicure and pedicure, Nicole. Oh, I God. It was you. like heaven. It was okay. heaven. I think if nothing else, this whole COVID thing has just just reassured the the whole industry, we are not going anywhere. The world truly understands how essential and how much they need us in their lives. So if there's anything good that came out of this, I I believe the, the, the world has a whole brand new sense of, you know, love for us. Yes. You know, they know they cannot live without us. Period. So that, period. Yeah, period. Period. Amen. Amen yeah. to that. I know. <laughs> we were definitely in the right industry. We're raising up future hairdressers. Oh, my right? God. Future beauticians, which is so exciting. Yes. You guys, this is Nicole Cumberlander. And as you can already tell, this is going to be one of the greatest <laughs> interviews that I will ever do. She's so oh, much God fun. So much fun. So here's, I want to read a little bit about Nicole. She's been in the beauty industry for almost 30 years. We're not going to give away your age today. (laughs) Uh, She's achieved a plethora, of course, awards and accomplishments. She started out like most hairstylists behind the chair, but shortly after beauty school became a national educator for John Paul Mitchell Systems. After several years of educating around the world in 1994, Nicole realized her dream to become co-owner of the award-winning Nora Blanc Salon and Spa with her husband and business partner, Orlando. I love that. They <laughs> later sold, he's the greatest man ever. I, I wish, <laughs> I need to interview him too. Yes, you do. Yes. He's got the real story. <laughs> he's got some great stories. They later sold the salon after 15 successful years in business. During her years as a salon owner, she became involved in the PBA, which is the Professional Beauty Association the largest national salon business owners association in North America, where she was an active member and past president. Believe it or not, that's when I met you. And that's when I heard you on stage. And I was like, somehow, some way, I got to be her friend. And so years later, we did become friends. So I got to put stuff out there. (laughs) Nicole is passionate and commitment, obviously, for the beauty industry. 
also led to the appointment to the State Board of Cosmetology by the former governor and the current governor, which is really exciting. I love that you're on the board. In 2004, Nicole and Orlando were encouraged to open Palma to the School Cleveland, and two short years later, they opened the second location in Columbus, Ohio. The success of their schools has allowed their company to grow to over 75 employees, graduating over 300 future professionals every year between both locations. Aside from being involved in her schools, Nicole also serves as president, which I love, as the Palmetto School <laughs> Franchise Association. She's very passionate about serving in ministry at the Word of God Church and being wife over 30 years while she and Orlando are loving parents to their greatest accomplishment, their children, Orlando Jr. and Skylar. I love that you have that in your bio. I think that's so incredible. And I know one of the things that people are going to be dying to hear from you is how do you keep that balance with your children and all your businesses? That's probably the number one question I think that I have. So first yeah. and foremost, answer that question for us. I, you know what? <laughs> I would love to. And, you know, it's funny because I don't know if there's a such thing as balance. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, exactly. it is what it is. And I think the more, one of the, the, the biggest thing about doing whatever it is that you do, if you love it, it doesn't become a job. Um, it becomes part of your ministry. It becomes who you are, a piece of who you are, obviously not the whole thing, but it becomes a part of who you are. Um, and it just really, it, it just is. So for us, it was not work. When we talked at the, at the dinner table, um, well, our kids are grown now, but we, we tease our daughter, Skylar, who actually both of our children are in the business right now. And um, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, Skylar, even as early as two or three years old, I can remember when Orlando and I would have conversations at the dinner table, she would say, hey, hey, look at me, look at me, tell me too. What happened? Tell me too. So even wow. at a very young age, you know, and because I think the conversation was not deep and heavy, it, there was a lot of laughter. There was a lot of, hey, what do you think? There was a lot of collaborating. It wasn't a bad energy when we talked about business. So the kids wanted to be involved. And they at least they wanted to be involved in the conversation. Now, of course, they would say some crazy wild stuff off the wall that absolutely meant nothing but we engaged them and we were like okay that's not a bad idea tell me more about that what do you think where are you where are you thinking about that so even at a very young age even though the ideas bless their hearts <laughs> meant nothing but the fact that it meant something to us and we were engaging them it made them part of it so even as, as, as much as I can remember, and I have a picture of Orlando and I in the salon painting, and it's like one or two o'clock in the morning, and we have a big pallet on the floor with blankets and pillows, and we made a fort for the kids in the middle of the salon while we were painting. Hmm. So, and they're knocked out sleep, but they were in the in the, the, the fort, when, you know, now we had like a little small TV um, in there and they were in the fort. So they were having a good time doing their thing. Yeah. And we were in the salon painting and cleaning and doing what we needed to do. So they were always a part of it, but we tried to really make it a, a, a good experience for them, which I think is a big part of them growing up and wanting to be a part of the business. Because they, I think it's just always been a part of who they are. It's part of their personality. It's part of their being. It's just, you know, they. I mean, you've met them. They, they've traveled all over the world with us. They, they've been able to be exposed to so many things. And it really has enriched their lives so much more. I mean, there's been some pain, some things, uh, you know, there's a time where I, my son, he still gives me a rough time. I was stuck in, I was in uh, Canada at a, a convention and he wanted me to go to the mother-son hoedown. He was like in the third grade. 
And of course, I was so excited. I mean, I was that mom. I was trying to be at everything. And we got stuck from a snowstorm in Edmonton, Canada. And he, before I left, I mean, I had it all planned out perfectly. I got the, I would have gotten back the morning of, and the hold down wasn't until that evening. So I had plenty of time and the, the flight canceled. And I can remember sitting in the airport sobbing, mm -hmm. just trying to find some way, somehow to get out of that airport so I could get home and take my baby to the hold down. And it, it didn't happen. So when I called him, um, I said, he, and the first thing he said, he said, it's snowing here. It, you're not going to make it, are you? And I just bursted out crying. And then he bursted out into crying. And mm. oh, it was a mess. It was mm. a mess. So he teases me now. He's 25 <laughs> now. And he teases me. He said, yeah, yeah, I think I need some couch time because you missed the whole down. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some rough times. It happens where you, you know, you just, you, you miss it. You miss it. And you just, you, you, you apologize. You, you just try and make up for it the next time and make sure you're, you're at the next thing, you know? Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh there's gosh. No this is so good. This Brene Brown has a similar story with her daughter mm -hmm. And missing mm -hmm. a flight too, and she yep. just burst out in tears, crying, and same. It's situation. the worst feeling ever. Yeah, it's horrible. And she talks yeah. a lot about that in her books. It. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm gonna call this be a collaborator because you are okay. the biggest collaborator that I've ever met. Because to be a leader, <laughs> you have to be a collaborator, and that's why you've become so successful. But before Thank we you. do this, I want to go backwards because. You said something really powerful, and I do a lot of coaching, a lot of life coaching, business coaching, but more so for people to find what they're supposed to do, like what yeah. they're, I mean, and I don't believe it's one thing. I believe, you know, I call it the zone of genius, and we're doing a mastermind right now with The Big Leap, the book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, yeah. and it's a powerful book, and how to find that zone of genius and the people that we're working with are still struggling with that. And so I know they're going to listen to this as well too, but how did you find that? Because I agree with you. Like for me, it's had to become my ministry. It's had to become, you know, who I am and you know, blah, blah, blah. But it took me years to find that I had to do, I had kissed quite a few frogs to get to the Paul mental school network, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. but how did you find that? And what advice do you give people to find that zone of genius that you know that that's a great question and i'm i'm actually listening to a series from one of my um my my youtube pastors and um he's talking about relationship goals and i was just really really blessed to know at a very early age what i was passionate about i didn't know how to make money from it i didn't know how to make it a business or anything else but I was very very passionate about being like just being in the, the the beauty I didn't know if it was doing hair I didn't know any of that I just knew like and, and early early on I had like my Teen Vogue magazine and um, my cosmopolitan, uh, cosmopolitan magazine and all of those beauty magazines really land like next to my bedside. And, you know, I was always, I knew who Whitney Houston was way before she came a singer. I knew her as the, the Teen Vogue model. And wow. yeah, I, yeah. She, was a, she was a huge model. Mm -hmm. And so I was very into the, the fashion, the beauty, the clothes, everything that, you know, that, that was beauty. And that was what I was passionate about and making other people beautiful. So I think that piece is what made me know that I, some way, somehow, I wanted to be a part of that world. Again, I didn't know what that looked like, um, but again, at an early age, uh, my best friend's sister, who was a few years older than us. And I, I'm the oldest, so I didn't have an older sister. So she was kind of like my older sister by proxy. And we, I just thought she was the coolest person ever. 
Like she was just so cool, the way she dressed, the way she talked, the way she carried herself. And she was everything beauty, everything in the fashion world, the whole nine yards. And she decided to go to beauty school. And I knew I was good at doing hair. I was did my did always did my own hair. I did my friend's hair. I just had a natural gift, if you will, for it. So I, but I, I'm going to go back to what I was telling you about my YouTube minister. He tells, he talks about your singleness. And I, I, I work with a lot of, obviously being a, a school owner and working with a lot of young people and our future professionals. It's so important. Everybody wants to be connected with someone. Everyone wants to get married or have a boyfriend or have a girlfriend or whatever, you know, have that significant other in their life. But one of the things that he talks about is how important it is to be in your singleness mm-hmm. and to really understand and love and know who you are yourself and to be able to love yourself and to identify who you are and what makes you happy and what you're passionate about and more importantly, what your purpose is without any distraction. And the biggest time of your life to be able to do that is in your singleness. Yeah. Because you don't have anybody distracting you. You get to focus all your energy and all of your everything on yourself. That's your selfish time. Mm -hmm. So that's when you get to to, to figure it out and learn more. So I just want to encourage our young people to just really and just just, um, take in that singleness. And be selfish with it. Don't be mm-hmm. so fast to rush through it. You know, being connected with another person is a beautiful thing and I wouldn't change it for anything. But if I had it to do over again, I would really have relished more. Like I said, that was a, it was a gift from God for me because he really gave it to me at an early age. But most people aren't blessed with that to know so early what they want to do and what they're passionate about and what makes their heart sing and fills their bucket. So I would just encourage people to just take the time when they're single and don't have anybody that when you eat, your whole family is eating, you know? That's (laughs) so good. Yeah. Take that time. You know, we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. That was really incredible what you were talking about because this is going to be a powerful, powerful segment right now. I'm telling okay. you right now what I'm extracting because you have to be a collaborator, first of all. And I think especially in this beauty industry, we're watching a lot of people going alone in this mm-hmm. and they're really isolating themselves. And I'm seeing it even more now uh, that the quarantine has happened, which is really, really scaring me. And uh, I love, I've been talking about the African proverb for a while and it's, it says, if you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go with others. And you figured oh that out a long time ago, Nicole. And obviously every organization and association you're involved with, all you, and president of a franchise organization, you're like, no, we've got to, we have to get together. We have to figure this out together. Like stop trying to figure out things by yourself. You need people, you need to be a collaborator. So I put number one, you have to engage others. And this started, you know, leadership starts at home. Yeah. And you, you were actually running a mini business in your home by getting your kids, you're saying, Hey, what do you think? Where most leaders, what they do, and I, I've been coaching a lot of salon owners and what, we spent a whole month just on fixing your leadership. And I did this. So this is why I recognize it. We're running 50 yards too far ahead of our people. We're not saying, Hey, stopping and saying, Hey, what do you think? Hey, sh- what do you, you know, like, do you think this is a good idea? Like getting the buy-in of their people. Yes. How do you do that? Where did that come from for you, Nicole? What's that untold story of leadership that you were able to not move so far 50 yards ahead? Most parents, parents or kids like, do what I say, you know, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell yeah. you what to do. But you included them. Where did that come from for you? You know what, Tina? I think a lot of it came from just naturally my personality. I just like being around people. I really love people. And I don't want, I just, I, I, I want it always to be a party. You know what I mean? I just enjoy having a good time. And I think that's one. 
But I also realized at a very early age, I am not brilliant at everything. I know what I'm brilliant at. And when I'm good, I'm good. But when I'm not, I'm so far off. <laughs> and I just believe in having people that are much smarter than me in whatever area it is around me. And I think that speaks volumes to our team. You know, rather we're talking about finances, rather we're talking about operations or education or compliance. Everybody that is the department head in that area are brilliant in that mm -hmm. area. And Orlando and I, we, we realized that really early on because now we rely, if something happens, I know exactly who to call. I may not know the answer. And I think when really helped to drive that point home with us early on, I mean, you were part of, you know, the originals and, you know, when, when really kind of poured into us about leadership. And that was one thing of many, but that was one thing that really stuck to me um, in terms of building our team. Find people that are much, much smarter than you and don't be intimidated by it. You know, yes, I'm, I'm the co-owner of the school, but I've got somebody on my team that is much, much more knowledgeable about compliance than I am. You know, one of the reasons why I think Orlando and I work so well together, he is brilliant at numbers. Like he just gets numbers. He understands, you know, you know, budgeting and, and the importance of it and, you know, and all of that. And, and I'm a visionary. I can tell you where we're going to be 20 years from now. He can tell us how we're going to get there. I couldn't, mm -hmm. but he's focused on the details and I'm focused on the big picture, which the, the two of us together create that, you know, that whole leadership vision. Um, and then we have our supporting team that just, you know, that, that, that supports all those other areas that are much needed in order for it to help. And I've just learned to do that in every area of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've got a mentor. I have a, a, a my, my pastor is my, my spiritual mentor. Um, you know, I have a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. um, I have a business trainer. I have, you know what I mean? Is yes. there's no need to do it all on your own. Like you said, you can get so much further mm -hmm. when you have people, like-minded people around you that can push you. It's almost like the flying geese syndrome, you know? Yes. Well, the more people you have pushing you and telling you what you can do and not what you can't do, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And once you can complete that, that circle around you, oh my God, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling because you never feel like you're in it by yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where that balance comes from. If you look at a balance wheel, you know, professionally, mm -hmm. physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, it's surrounding yourself with higher minded people and mentors yes. and people to help you along the way and yes. be a collaborator in all areas of your life. And then you'll be balanced. You'll feel fulfilled. I think I like to call balance being whole W H O L E, you know, so that make yourself whole, but that's the way to do it. And I think a lot of people suffer from depression and anxiety because they're missing an area of their life, you know, that they haven't even thought about. I know it was for me, it was spirituality. When I was 18, I didn't realize I was missing that part of my life. And that's why I was mm. suffering from anxiety and depression. And it was that moment in time that really shifted me for the better, you know, for everything. Oh, yeah. and, you know, it's interesting because uh, I'm a DISC trainer, D-I-S-C, and a consultant now, and I'm learning a lot about the personality traits. And I started out in my leadership as a high D, a world dominant player. And, you know, and it, it's good, but a strength overuse becomes a weakness. And so I was scaring my people and I was scaring them from me. And I wasn't able to collaborate like you were. And so I've had to learn that art of building appropriate solid relationships with people and learning the art of honestly the only way because you value people because you said i really love people what what you really do is you value people because you know how valuable you are 
and I didn't know my own value, so I couldn't value people, right? And so, because valued people value people. And I didn't know my own value. So I had to work just on that first and foremost. So it's kind of cool because I retook the test years later, Nicole, and I got to see the transformation on paper because now instead of a DI, I'm an ID. And I'm like, wow, I'm getting better. I'm not complete. Yeah. But I'm getting better. And so I'm being more like you. So be a Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) And I love this. And so I put number two. I put um, expose your family, which you did, and your team to opportunities. And that's something I really love about you, Nicole, because you're always thinking about what's next that I can expose my team to. And I think sometimes, you know, I I watch hairdressers in particular that own own their own salon, right? Mm -hmm. They've mastered their craft, but they haven't mastered themselves. And they haven't collaborated with their people enough. And they're like, trying to hit a sledgehammer over them, telling they need to do the work that they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And they get really mad at their people. I'm watching, so I'm, oh my gosh, these these are masterminds right now. We used to have maybe 10 that would do them. Now it's like 35, 30, wow. 40. And because people are saying, well, you know, during this quarantine time, they realize the biggest lesson I learned is I need to work on myself right? Oh, so yeah. First, where did yeah. that come from for you exposing your team? You know, how were you inspired to do that? You know, I think that came from my mom. My mom, as long as I can remember, has always been in some sort of school or classes or, you know, some sort of education. And she truly is the definition of a lifelong learner. And mm. she passed that on to us. And the importance of it, um, because she was always the cool mom, but not like in a negative way. She was the cool mom in terms of like, if I really needed some great insight or great information growing up, regardless to whether it was about sex or whether it was about like, I've got this really heavy problem that I'm dealing with with a friend or whatever it was, I felt really comfortable and confident going to her and getting good, solid information. And I asked her, like, like, where, how did you get so smart? Like, how did you, how do you know all of this information? How do you always know the answer? And she said, you know, I don't always know the answer. She's like, but number one, I've been through a lot. So that's where wisdom comes from. As long as you learn from it, like going through some, going through things in your life, it's never a bad thing if you come out smarter than you were before you went in. Just always remember that. Mm-hmm. Like she always told us, I'd rather see you make a hundred different mistakes than the same mistake a hundred times. Because if you make a hundred different mistakes and you learn from every single last one of them, You're a wise person on the other side. But if you make the same mistake over a hundred times, you haven't learned anything. You haven't become any wiser than you were before you started. So I think a lot of that came from her. And so that's where my love of education came from. And I just, things that just, college was not, I mean, it was definitely something that was encouraged. But once she realized that, like, okay, mom, I went to college for a couple, like a year and a half, and I realized that that's not where I'm supposed to be, you know, but I still want to be educated. So I think that's where that came from. I just always reading, listening to podcasts, you know, webinars, just, you know, going into trainings. I try, I re, the, we go to training, it was funny. Someone asked me, like, how, how do you like keep it all together? Like, how do you, you know, in every area? And I said, well, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I learn a lot. I, I really try and stay engaged in, in, in learning new things, yeah. you know, whether it's about my marriage or whether it's about my business or being a better mom or a better leader or just being better to me, you know? We have to, there's training, there's help, there's classes, there's education out there for everything. Why not take advantage of it? 
Oh, I know. There's so much free stuff now too. There's so, so much. Opportunity. much. Oh my God. It's crazy. it's crazy. I have never been inundated in as many webinars as I am right now, Nicole. Me too. And honestly. And, and so I'm kind of like you, I'll, some mornings is just a little bit rougher than others. And so there's some mm -hmm. moments too. And I'm like, Oh, I know exactly what I have to do. I go right to a podcast and even just 15 minutes of someone's podcast, and now I'm flying high again. It's like oh, my drug, life changing. drug of choice. Life changing. It yeah, is. It really Let is. Let people speak life into you, because, uh, you know, the life and death is in the power of the tongue. And Ooh, so if you say keep saying, yeah, saying bad <laughs> things over your head or over your life, you know, and so you've got to get on these great podcasts that is going to inspire you and build you back up, you know? Yeah, And so sure. it's nuts it's crazy okay so uh that was number two uh number three um what i love is you're gonna miss it sometimes so just apologize and you know that's so big because i think that comes with being humble and so the more humble that we are the more learned we are and we just apologize and i it just starts with our kids and you told you know the story of your son and, you know, I apologize to my daughter, you know, from not being the mother that I should have been for her. I talk about all the time and because people always say, how'd your kids turn out so good? I'm like, it ain't from me. It was from God himself because, and the babysitters, thank God for the babysitters because I had a lot of babysitters. Yes, and, but it's yes. funny how, you know, grace fills in those gaps, you know, oh, and, yeah. but just apologize and just acknowledge because your kids need to see that you're human too, you yes. know, cause they're going to make Absolutely. mistakes too. And, and I think one of the things that I hear a lot is a lot of, um, adults, you know, blaming their parents about things that happened in their life. And it's like, excuse me, your parents aren't God. They make mistakes. Like let's Absolutely. just let that go. And so I just have always tried to expose that with my kids, Nicole, and even still now, you know, like I apologize to both their spouses for all the terrible things I did as a mother and that now it's their problem. And so I don't want to be the mother-in-law in the trunk, like don't throw me in the trunk because I know I made these mistakes, but guess what? I just want you to know whatever problems you have with them, it's because of me. So go ahead and blame me. It's my fault. <laughs> Let's just expose it so you don't have to talk about it behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's not like we came, they came with instructions, just like we didn't come with instructions with our parents, you know? Exactly. So all we can ever hope to do is just to get better, you know? And, and my, my mom, like I said, she was always very transparent with us, you know? So if for nothing, no other reason, just so that you don't make the same mistake that she made. You know, and I do with, we do the same thing with our kids, you know, apologies are huge. And I, and I think you hit the nail right on the head, you know, whether you're talking about your children or you're talking about your team, they're going to miss it sometimes, yeah. you know, and even when, you know, you're, I'm saying whatever over and over and over again, you know, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. You know, um, I'll, I'll share a really quick story. Um, we, there was, there was a situation that, that we had with, uh, we had our roof done for this at the school in our Columbus location and it ended up being a big mess, but long story short, I lost my cool and that's not who I am. <laughs> I, it's not, you know, you know me. Chapter five, be nicer else. <laughs> and, right. And, but that I'm always preaching that I'm always preaching mm -hmm. that guys. You, there's a way to handle things. It's professionalism. You know, that's my mantra. That's what I do. That's, that's what I always preach. And I lost it. I, 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 I dropped the ball. I missed the boat. And, you know, it was, it, I could have made all the, all the excuses in the world, but I, I couldn't, you know, because I would have never accepted that type of behavior from my team. But if they did that, if they have, I would have said, okay, first of all, guys, you know, that's not how we handle things. It's not how we do it. So I had to be the bigger person. I had to apologize to the vendor and say, you know what? I lost my cool. I apologize. Now let's just get to the bottom of the challenge and get it resolved. Yeah. And, you know, it was what it was. Yeah, and our team in Orlando and I, we all had a big laugh about it because they, they call my <laughs> alter ego, Nikki. 
They said, uh-huh. oh, no, they didn't get to meet Nikki, did they? Uh-huh. Yeah, Nikki came out. Sorry. Yeah, we call you that know. old Tina because she rears uh-huh. her ugly head so once in a while. <laughs> you know, it happens. We're human. It happens. You know, mm-hmm. and all you can do is own it and apologize and, you know, do better next time. And that's, that's what I did. And, you, so you know. So how, this is so good. This is really powerful because last week I blew it in Target. Uh, Some lady was yelling at me for jumping in front of the line with her. I didn't see the dot, you know, (laughs) uh, you know, the dots, the Target in the grocery line. And I don't know what came over me, like old, ugly Tina. And and my daughter looked at me like, what is wrong with you? And so I've just been exposing it. I've been telling everybody on all my podcasts, everything. So I feel like it's my sins are forgiven. You know, you don't have to go to confession. All you got to do is do a podcast and get on, get on social media. There's your confession. Tell the world what you did. Now I know why, you know, these Catholics do confession because it feels good afterwards. It does feel good. (laughs) Just let it go. Who cares? Build a bridge. Get over it. Thank you, Wednesday, for that. Because right. we need those little mantras in our head to kind of, you know, help ourselves. And this is good. Okay, so number four, uh, you said setting relationship goals. And, and I love that you said that because I, I want to bounce back a little bit more into the singleness because this is powerful. I think we have to have that singleness all of our lives. And, and I'm going to show yes. you what I mean in a minute. But my uh, my producer of my podcast is my daughter-in-law. And I keep saying, oh my gosh, she's like the best thing that happened to this family. I love this girl so much. She's my editor too. Uh, MK is her name. Okay. And it's so cool because she's been talking about building relationship equity. And you are a master of building relationship equity. So that's funny because that's actually one of the questions that I asked in an interview. Like, did you ever play team sports? Yeah. And if they said yes, I asked, what role did you play? And then I asked them to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the feedback that you get and see what they got out of that. Some people got absolutely nothing, but it's amazing. I've heard some incredible stories of growth, of, you know, interpersonal development, you know, Mm. what other area in life you know, can you become your own advocate? I will never forget uh, one of the biggest lessons that I think our daughter learned in sports. She was very talented in basketball. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she made the varsity team her freshman year in high school. And they had a coach that she had basically grown up with. She played, you know, she was in the camps and all of that. So the coach knew her from a very young age and knew her talent and all of that. Well, the coach transferred, took another job at another school mm. and they brought in another coach. Well, that coach wasn't as big of a fan of Skylar as the previous coach was. Wow. And Skylar has a huge personality. You know her. She's got a big personality. She's not afraid to use her voice, you know, but she really had to learn how to be an advocate for herself. And, you know, she would come home sometimes in tears because, you know, she didn't know how to handle that situation. And, you know, there was a dynamic, the adult, the child, that whole thing, you know, how do I go in asking, how do I, you know, let her help her to see my point without being brushed aside. And, you know, the coach obviously had some some maturing to do also, but it was part of the equation. Mm-hmm. I, I personally, as a mom, I obviously felt for her, but I was like, oh, this is rich. This is good. You're yeah. never gonna get this lesson at this age, in this stage of your life, the way you are. You've gotta learn how to be your own advocate. Why do you think you should be playing right now? Yeah. Why? Not because you're good. Yeah. Why? You got to come up with some more reasons than that. And I can't tell her that. You have to tell her that. Wow. So it, it, it's really important to just find other areas. So I think that's where mine came from was, you know, not everybody is going to be the, 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 the prettiest girl in the room. I wasn't that girl, you know, mm-hmm. but I had to find value. And thank God that I did because 
you know, my leadership skills probably would not have been developed the way that they are had I had my looks to rely on. One of the greatest things that I did recently, because I'm heading up this leadership mastermind right now, and we're doing the book, Developing the Leader Within You 2.0 by John Maxwell. And mm -hmm. so what I did is I challenged all the leaders, and I can't wait to hear what they come back with, but I challenged them to go to three people. What's it like to sit on the other side of the table of me? And I went, of course, I'm an overachiever, so I'm going to all of my leaders that I actually am directly responsible for to ask them. And it's, some of it's hard to hear, Nicole. And yeah. so this whole week is all about that. And I love, because you were talking about learning from your mistakes, don't make the same mistake over and over. And I think that kind of goes right along with that because I've got to get this right, right now with them. And so mm -hmm. as I look at some of the things that they said, I'm going to meditate on, you know, something different every single day. Now I could get bogged down and say, oh my God, what was me? But I know how valuable I am and I know the value that I bring, but that's taken a lot of singleness, being alone, you know, time alone to figure that out. And I still have to do it. I noticed that most people won't like open up that door, but if I open up the door with great questions, like what do I need to do? Like, what's it like to sit on the other side of the table of me? Like, let's really talk about this, you know, mm -hmm. and letting them prepare ahead of time for that, uh, to write out questions and then come back for the next meeting. And yes. so I'm kind of shifting my one-to-ones, how I'm doing them, because I want to build even stronger safety. There was a, I just interviewed somebody on the podcast and she said that most people, most people see the owner as like this big white shark with the big teeth and they turn my big teeth turn around and that's all they see is the big teeth. Like I'm going to get chopped, you know? And so how do you build that safety so that they don't see that big white shark, you know? And so I made that number six building safety with your team. Cause you talked about your mom, your mom did that for you, mm -hmm. but there's, you know, people who feel safe build safety. And so you felt safe, but there's a lot of people in this world that don't feel safe. And I know you're a collaborator, you know how to speak up. And so even to with our bosses, you know, John, Paul and Wynn, like we're gonna speak up. Like we see something that yeah. needs to shift and change. We're gonna speak up, but most people don't. Most people gossip, vent, whatever they do, and they're not gonna talk about it. So talk about that process. What's that untold story for you that, you know, how you build safety with your team and thus, how do you have that ability to speak up and feel safe at the same time? Um, well, I think, first of all, and again, this came from my mom, um, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So yes. I, I think you can say anything to anybody in a way where you don't strip them of their dignity. And as long as you do that, I think it goes a long way. Um, and not that it happens often, but our team, all, uh, they often tease me because they're like, I've never seen anybody that can fire somebody and they give you a hug and say thank you on their way out. Beautiful. And, <laughs> and That's I, beautiful. You know, to me, it's, again, this is a, we're humans first, first and foremost. And if somebody has, if the systems are followed and you held people accountable and you've given them opportunities, you've coached them and you've given them opportunities to correct it and it didn't happen, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means that, that they're not right for that role or maybe not even right for our company. And that's okay. That doesn't make you a bad person. We're, we're apples over here. You're an orange. You just need to go find an orange tree so you can be brilliant because you're brilliant. Yes. You got to find out where you can show off your brilliance. And we mm. might be holding you back. You know? So good. And so I, I think back to being your singleness, you know? Yeah. Orlando and I have been married, happily married for you know, 29 years. But I tell you, I have to do, I still have to to be single and actively participate in my singleness, meaning growing and developing my own personal self so that yes. I can be good to me and be valuable to me 
and now I can be valuable and good to him and to our children. And hopefully one day my grandchildren. Yes. I live vicariously for I you. know. Honestly, yeah, you can come and hang out with us anytime. I got my second yes. one coming. And yeah, I just, I want to be known as the greatest grandma in the world. So that's my next you, goal set. I hear right? you. You know, I love what you're saying because I think, you know, it's part of the fix, uh, fix your leadership portion that we spent a whole month on is one of the things that we talk about. Stop trying to fix and change your spouse. Stop trying to fix and change your kids. Stop yeah. trying to fix and change your staff. Fix and change yourself. Yourself. And I was just coaching. I, it's so funny. I have uh, someone that's part of my Be Amazing private group, and she sent me a message, and she's like, hey, can you pray for me? I got to meet with a staff member, and I need some quick advice. This is I know it's the seventh hour, and I know I'm going to talk to her in a couple <laughs> minutes, but do you have advice? And I said, First thing you tell her, it's my fault. Whatever's happened with our relationship, I'm the leader, so it's my fault. Yep. And so what yep. do you think? And so actually I was teaching her how to collaborate with our team member of what, how could I best support you and what does support mm -hmm. look like to you? And so I hope, I hope it went well. So say a prayer. Um, yes, for sure. It went well. For but sure. number seven, I love what you said because you said help people show off their brilliance and Something that I've been talking a lot about, and I think I got this from Kelly Cardenas' podcast. He said, a great coach are, is great because they have great players. And yes. so you can only do that by finding people's strengths. So I spent a lot of time on Strength Finders 2.0 with my team, the DISC assessment, yes. doing anything and everything to figure out what is people's strengths and brilliance. Because, you know, we talk a lot in our company about playing chess with our people. And I think how to do that is to help find people's brilliance and help them show off their brilliance. And sometimes it's not with you, like you said, because you're an apple and they're an orange and maybe it's just not a good fit. But I've watched a lot of our players that aren't with us anymore, Nicole, and I'm sure you have too, and they are soaring. Soaring. You know, some of them are salon owners. They're yes, so thank yes. God they I left or we let them go so they could show off their brilliance. This is really, really great because talk to the people right now that are like, man, I want a promotion in the company. I want to raise, you know, we've all had these conversations with our people before and, but there's a right way to go about it. And there's a wrong way to go about yes. it. What yes. would you say is the wrong way first and then share what the right way is to go about it? That's a great question. Um, the wrong way to go about it is going in it from a place of entitlement. I've and what's been that here, look like? I, I've been here X amount of time, X amount of years. So that I, you owe that to me. Um, I work my butt off, you know, so you owe that to me. You work and you get a paycheck. That's what you're owed. Now, that's the foundation. How to, the, the right way to do it is there's always going to be challenges in a business, always. If you wanna stand out, if you want to make some noise, so to speak, and be noticed, what are you doing above and beyond your job description to be a, solution oriented person because really leaders all your job is not all but the main part of your job is you solve solutions the yes. more solutions you can solve the more valuable you are yep. and that's in any company yeah i mean that's just the reality of it you know i it, no matter how much the boss loves you no matter no matter how that as long as you are a part of that, uh, you're creating solutions for challenges, that's going to make the people that are in charge pay attention to you. Because when automatically, when there's something that happens, who do you go to? Who's your go-to person? We, you know, hey, this is going on. What do you think? What are your thoughts? And, and times like this will let you know how strong your team is. Yes. And how, and I won't even say, or how weak it is. It'll just reveal to you how strong you are or how much room for development you have. 
So this is really good. I'm going to call this number nine. Okay. And, and I came up with this. This is so awesome. And I want to talk to you about this. Collaborate with the players. Talk to the salon owners, the business owners. All I hear is all their complaints about the team members that want to quit, that are saying, I don't feel good enough to come back. I'm too scared to come back. And they're like, they just want to collect this $600 paycheck. It's like, listen, that's beside the point. Okay, just separate the players from the pretenders, collaborate with the players. So talk to the business owners right now. What do they need to focus on? We, talk, we call it visionary spent sitters, resistors, yes. right? So um, talk to them, encourage them to stay focused. Stop being a hostage to the people that don't want to play. It's okay. Yeah. It Let is them okay. shine their brilliance somewhere else. And, and they're doing you a favor, believe it or yes. not. They are doing you a favor because I mean, you people are revealing themselves and some people that you thought were really on your team and was yes. that you thought were the ones, maybe they're revealing during this time that, you know, that's not the per that's not the person that you thought they were to be on your team. Not that they're a bad person, not at no. all. You no. know, it's just that might not be the person that you thought that they were. And this was revealed to you. So now you won't make the move that you were going to make. Yes. Maybe you were saved from making a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. And focus on the ones that want to be there. You know, one of Orlando and I's favorite sayings is, you know, we only want to play with who wants to play with us. Yes. You know, and that's what keeps the game fun. If you are surrounding yourself by a bunch of people that don't really want to be there for whatever reason. It's not fun, you know? Could you imagine being at a party with a bunch of people that didn't want to be there? That's not fun. That does not sound fun at all. No. But being in an environment with a bunch of people that are like-minded, that have the same goal, that really are working in the direction that you need to be in to, to have the same endpoint in mind, I mean, you might think you need 20 people for that, or you might just need five good, solid people to just yeah. can roll their sleeves up and jump in there and make it happen. Yeah. You know, I'm all about being lean and mighty. You know, mm. you, I, don't, I don't necessarily, and you don't need a whole bunch of people around. You That's know? how John Paul DeGioia has always been. He's oh, always like, I learned that from him. Yeah, I learned that from him. People carrying more hats, and I'm 100% yep. with you being, be lean and mighty. That is yep. really, really powerful. And I'm with you, Nicole. Like, I want to play with who I want to play with, and I don't want to play with who I don't want to play with. Right, And right. so I think that's so powerful. So what would you say would be number 10 to be a collaborator, and what's next for Nicole? Embracing what's going on okay what's going on in your world what's going on in our world right now with COVID it is what it is we just talked about that you know how do you embrace that and get what you're supposed to get out of it you know rather it's you know becoming a better person utilizing that downtime to invest in yourself through education podcasts webinars books audio books whatever, but utilizing that time to the fullest. I love this, Nicole. So, you know, as you know, Sean and I have that next level salon business. And so it's a six month course, the whole first month, but sometimes it takes a whole year to train just in foundation, fix your foundation. And it's, do you have a good solid business plan? And is it, does your team know what the solid business plan is too? And, you know, let's kind of go back just for a second, because I think we got to stay here for a second, because I think this is, you're right, this is the biggest challenge in our industry that we're seeing, and this is where the failure is coming. And I've been seeing on all these platforms them saying, this needs to come from the school level. And I, I agree with them. This does need to come from the school level. I think we're, sometimes we expose our students to uh, all these different types of people in the industry without looking at their actual profit and loss statement and whether or not they are paying taxes. Yes. So we got to yeah. be careful because sometimes they'll paint this picture. I had a real life example of one of our future professionals. We're going to be partnering with him with our salon here real quick, but he worked in a solo salon suite 
for uh, two, I think it was two years. Don't, don't correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. And he realized that he was paying more in rent and in the red, because he paid his taxes. He, paid, you know, he did his LLC, he did it right. And he was like, Tina, there's no way I could get ahead without working 80 hours a week. And he said, I wasn't able to spend time with my daughter, with my wife. And like, it was just, mm -hmm. Tina, it was a mess. And he said, I cannot wait to talk to your audience and to your future professionals about this. I think we need to get real life examples of oh my gosh, yes. real story. Like let's hear the real story, yep. right? And he's given the real story and then he finds this, um, this salon that we're gonna partner in and he's realizing, oh my gosh, I paid less in rent with this four chair salon, that's it, four <laughs> chair salon that I did in a suite with one chair. Next and it's crazy. like, yeah, just wasn't thinking and he didn't, wasn't educated. And I'm like, yes. oh, it's my fault. I didn't educate him. I didn't educate my students. And so that's why I have this next level salon leadership podcast out now too. That's going to be, so this is going to be the B series plus next level. So we're wow, going to take portions of incredible. this and put it on there because we got to get this word out, Nicole. We got to educate teams. So and I, I love what you said. When you know better, you do better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, and it's funny that, they, that people say it has to come from the school level, um, you know, and, and we're very, very, very upfront with our future professionals. When part of my um, introduction, when I go in and welcome students on their first day or first week um, and welcome them to our school, um, we're very upfront and say, look, you got 1500 hours and all of the things that we're introducing to you, because some of it will be an introduction. You know, they go through our business class. Orlando has put together a brilliant business class where he goes over a profit and loss statement and, you know, he has it in a spreadsheet and he talks about how if you are over 6% in your rent and you just go to 10% because you found this really cool location. And instead mm -hmm. of paying people 40%, you just go up to 50% because what's a, what's a, a minor 10%? And then it shows you right before your eyes how you can take a healthy, profitable salon and go into the drastic red real quick by just not managing your numbers correctly. Now, some of those future professionals, they are sitting on the edge of their seat. Yes. I'll be honest, some of them are asleep. It, you know what I mean? It is what it is. You, you've got to meet people where they are. Some people are ready to hear that kind of information. Some people, the ones that are asleep, are the ones that are calling us two years later and saying, hey, I'm opening up a salon. Can I have a meeting with you at Orlando so you can go over that class again with us? <laughs> you mean the one you were sleeping? Got it. Yeah, you got it. paying for lunch, right? <laughs> That's awesome. So good. Yeah, because yeah, that's the boring stuff, right? That everybody doesn't pay attention to. No, they don't. It's until the they, need it. they need yeah, it. Or you don't even realize you need it until you do. Like I had no desire. When I was in beauty school, my I had no desire to open my own business. Zero. Yeah. I just wanted to do beautiful hair and look fabulous. That was the first time in my life I felt great. cute. So yes. girl, I was feeling it. I was into it. <laughs> <laughs> I was not about trying to run a business. I just wanted to be pretty and do pretty hair. That's it. So and everybody, yeah. So I probably would have been that one that was nodding in class if I had a business class in beauty school. Not of saying course. that you don't need it, but you got to meet people where they are, you know? So, so. Good, Nicole. This is so, what a great podcast. I would oh, have to say. Thank you, thank you for is, having me. This was so much fun. I, I couldn't sleep last adore night. I was you. so excited. Oh my God. <laughs> I just absolutely adore you. What last piece of advice do you want to give everybody, Nicole? Thank you so much for being oh. on. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, you know what? I just, I would just encourage everybody just to um, remember who your, where your value comes from. We all have value to some degree and you just have to find it. And I don't care what you have to do to search for it. You know, just get quiet with yourself and figure out where your value is mm -hmm. and tap into that. And once you tap into that, you will just be amazed at what doors and opportunities were open for you. Because what's for you is for you. 
Nobody can take that away from me. So I, I just encourage and challenge everybody to do that because it, it's life-changing. Once you find that space, it's life-changing. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.